Hello everybody, this is Ivis Kalarsep and this is the SBS Show. It is Saturday, April 27th, and uh, I know some of you thought you probably weren't going to hear uh, an episode of the SBS Show this weekend, but I've managed to you know, step up in place of Garrett cleverly and uh, decided to put a show together for you guys. Uh, it's my first time producing and uh, I'm sure you're going to figure that out as you hear it, hear the show. Um, Let's just say I'm not normally the producer, and uh, this is my very first crack at it, so I figured, you know, how hard could it be if Garrett does it, and uh, let's be honest, if he can do it, it can't be that tough. Uh, but let's get to the talk, let's get to the soccer. Um, I know you guys have been waiting uh, to hear some things uh, on the ac- activities this, this week, and uh, and also on what's coming up this weekend uh, with the MLS uh, Week 9 action uh but first first things first we have to talk about Josie Altador uh to kick off the show it seems like every episode of the show uh we have uh you know Josie Altador time or the Josie Altador minute and uh we we need we got to give it more than a minute folks because Josie Altador just keeps on scoring and to uh Friday he added two more goals to reach 30 goals in all competitions on the season uh, he had two goals and a beautiful assist uh, in Friday's 4-0 win by Azed versus Heronvane. And uh, if you got to see the game, or if you didn't get to see the game, uh, I just have to tell you, you know, Josie Altidore put it put all of his talents on display in that game. I mean, we, we're talking about just the uh, the pace for for his size, the uh, the aggressiveness, the Free kick ability, which uh, I'm sure some U.S. fans were kind of uh, a little surprised by, and, and also his passing skills. Uh, I mean, he was just he was just a handful today, uh, and he's been a handful all year uh, for uh, you know Azed and 30 goals. I mean, I, what can you say? Uh, you know, I, I know there's still some people out there who are still riding the he doesn't score for the national team, you know, hate train. I know some people say, hey, it's not hate just because we're, you know, being uh, being critical of Josie Altador. We don't hate him. It's just how we feel. It's just our opinion. Okay, fair enough. You know, that might not go for everybody. You know, it's not fair. Not, I, don't th- I don't think that everybody who's down on Josie Altador has to necessarily hate him. But let's be fair. There are definitely some people out there who, when you hear some of their comments and some of their responses... The kid is having an amazing season, and I don't care what you want to say about the defense in the Dutch League and about how easy it is to score in the Dutch League. It's still a good European league, and we still have a young American player scoring like crazy. And, uh, you know, it's funny to me. I I, I, I just, when you think about it, uh, you know, if this was five years ago and an American player, um, you know, if I I told people, hey, an American player is going to go to to the Eredivisie and scored 30 goals in all competitions. People will be freaking out. People will be thinking, you know what? I'm going to have that that guy's poster on my wall. I'm going to have his jersey. I'm going to go nuts because you know what? This, you know, he's the man. I mean, how, who, who, but that's not what's happening with Josie. Um, I mean, to be fair, there's a lot of reasonable U.S. fans, American soccer fans, who give Josie Altidore credit, who, who are big fans and who appreciate uh, how, how far he's come, how much he's improved. How much better he seems to be getting week after week after week, but there's still this like subset of uh, overly critical fan who just looks at at the national team. And yes, he hasn't scored a goal in 18 months with the national team. We know this. We already have been through it. 
Um, he just hasn't hasn't put the ball in that in, in the games that he's gotten. But that being said, it's not like the U.S. is scoring goals in bunches, with or without him. You know, the the, the U.S. The fact of the matter is, since Jurgen Klinsmann took over, the U.S. has struggled to score goals on a regular basis. Uh, there's no denying that. The stats bear it out. Uh, I mean, other than Clint Dempsey, I mean, who else is scoring goals on a regular basis for the U.S.? Nobody. So I, I think people just. I think <laughs> I think some people need to chill. And I think I think everyone needs to appreciate what he's doing right now, and it's setting up for a great summer for him. Um, you know, when you talk about transfers, uh, the, tra- the he's going to go. Listen, folks, I'm just here to tell you: forget anything you hear about Ernie Stewart saying, "Oh, you know, we want to keep him, we'd like to keep him." He is gone, folks. He's gone. He's gone this summer. There will be bids, there will be offers, there will be big offers, and one of them will be enough to get him out of there and I think it's time I think it's time I think two great years I think he's shown he can do it I think it's time for him to move on and uh, and and take the next step take the next challenge uh whether that's in the English Premier League whether that's in Serie A or even in the Bundesliga uh I think he has to make that next move and 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 show and keep testing himself I mean you know when you talk about Jurgen Klinsmann uh you know obviously we the the, the whole Jurgen Klinsmann Josie Altidore dynamic has been interesting to say the least, uh, to follow over the past year. Uh, but, uh, you know, Klinsman has said it best. Uh, you know, he, he wants he just wants his guys to keep challenging themselves. And I think the next challenge for Josie is to take that next step and join a top four league. And uh, he's going to do it. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, folks, the offers are going to come in, and Azed will have to sell. Um, speaking of uh, Jurgen Klinsman, he, uh, he, made, he made plenty of headlines this week. He... Uh, he spoke to the media on Wednesday. There was a uh, there was a bit of a media summit uh, down in Washington D.C. I was uh, you know fortunate enough to attend, and uh, part of the whole thing was was uh, you know a chance to to talk to Jurgen and, and him answer plenty of questions about this, the the state of the team. And the big headliner out of all of that was his comments regarding Landon Donovan. And uh, let's just say people were were a little surprised to see him kind of step forward and, and basically say. You know, there's no guaranteed spots. You know, one good game doesn't all of a sudden mean Landon Donovan's place with the national team is is has been reinstated. He's back. He's part of the team. No, he he. You know, Klinsman made it clear that he. I mean, all you had to do was listen to some of his comments and 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 his comments about other players to get a sense that he clearly is not or was not happy with the timing of of Landon Donovan's uh, sabbatical. And the fact that he did miss some key World Cup qualifiers, and he, he wasn't available for that, so now you know Landon Donovan has to, to to earn his spot back, and 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 obviously you know Landon was was uh, presented with these comments the dead the next day, and he he agreed with him, and and you know what could he do? You know was he was he going to call Klinsman names? Was he going to call him crazy? Call him an idiot? No, I mean he said he said all the right things, and and at the end of the day, Klinsman is not wrong. Uh, you know, he, Landon Donovan has not been around the team, and and the national team, as constructed without Donovan, has been through a lot. Uh, you know, when you when you talk about the fact that he hasn't been around for, I think it's eight straight games, and I think he's, I think it's been you know about a quarter of the games of the Jurgen Klinsmann era that Landon Donovan has played in. That's not a lot of games, folks. That's not a lot of games at all. So. The fact of the matter is, other players have stepped in. Obviously, Graham Zusi is one, one one name that that stands out as someone who who has kind of made himself a key part of the team. Um, 
I will say that Jurgen Klinsmann's comment that there are several players ahead of Landon Donovan uh, on the national team depth chart. That one obviously was a bit of a head scratcher. Uh, and of course, he wouldn't name names. You know, he he, he said it w- wouldn't be fair to to the uh, the players on the on the team to to for him to start naming names and, and doing the depth chart thing publicly. Uh, but it was, it, it still, it raised eyebrows and it made you wonder, like, you know, okay, we get it, we get it, Jurgen. Uh, Landon has to, to fight for his spot back. We get that. But don't try to tell us that there's a there's like plen- several players who have moved ahead of him. Because there just has there just haven't been, and no one's done that. No one's done that. Graham Zussi has definitely put himself on the team. He's definitely played well. He's definitely stepped up. Um, done a ton of work, but I mean, aside from him, I mean, who else has? And, and, and when you talk about Landon Donovan's positions and what he can bring to the table, his versatility. Uh, listen, he's not Landon Donovan of, the, of 2002 or 2005 or, or, or 2004, but he is—he's still a quality player. He's still someone who can make an impact, and and, and of course, he's still got a little rust to shake off. He's not 100% back, but when we're talking about a month from now being, you know. A month from now, you're going to have the, the U.S. national team gather. Um, and, and Klinsman said he was going to have a 25-26 player roster. I cannot imagine that in a 26 player roster, ahead of the mo- you know a very important trio of game World Cup qualifying games in June, that you're not going to have Lennon Donovan on that team. I, I just I just I just can't see it. I really can't. And I'm sure I am sure Jurgen would love nothing more than to be able to win. The games he needs to win without Landon Donovan, because you know, as, alo- along with the fact that he he's probably not happy with the sabbatical, I think it's also his opportunity to send a very clear message to the pool and to the players on the team that nobody is safe. There are no sacred cows. There, there's nobody who's untouchable. If you don't do your job, or if you aren't around when when, you, when you're needed. You could lose your spot and you won't get it back. And and I think you know I'm not going to say Klinsman is praying that happens, but I don't think he'll he'll be too upset if if you know he landed out and Zion on that team and then they find a way to get the results they need. Because if that happens, then he has all the power, then he has all the control, and then and then if you're landing out of it, you re, I, I don't know what he, you know. Then you pretty much just have to keep keep playing and keep you know showing why you should be called up. Um, and you know, I know a lot of people are freaking out. Like, you know, it, what is this beef about? What, what, what's uh, you know, is there is there this? There's been talk for a while about Jurgen Klinsmann, Landon Donovan, there being some issue there. I mean, this is this is, you know, we're talking more than a year that that there's there've been rumblings of that, and uh, it's hard to listen to Klinsmann's comments and not think that there's definitely something there. He is definitely not happy with Landon Donovan, so. It's going to be an interesting month. This next month of, uh, of the MLS season with, with Landon Donovan playing for for the Galaxy. I mean, if he has a great month, if he dominates, if he gets back, if he's back to an MVP caliber player, how do you leave him off? How do you honestly do that? You can't. That's what it comes down to. You can't. Um, and, you know, I think at that point, Jurgen's going to have to give in. And who knows? Maybe he doesn't start him in the friendlies. Maybe he doesn't start him against Germany. But you know what? When, when when the ammo goes live, and when we get to the World Cup qualifiers, and when we're talking about facing uh, hex leader Panama uh, in uh, you know in Seattle, or even before that, facing Jamaica in in Kingston, 
uh, and then Honduras and Salt Lake City. I don't know. I don't see how you don't have Landon Donovan there uh, on the field in the lineup, let alone on the team altogether. I think Jurgen Klinsmann, you know, it's a little bit of a power play. I think it's definitely some posturing going on. Some, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to say anything too, too, too tawdry, but it, it, it's uh, there's some waving of some some things that aren't flags going on right now, and uh, you know, Klinsmann is clearly trying to send a message. So we're we're gonna have to watch that one. Um, uh, but not not everything was negative from Jurgen. Uh, you know, he he definitely had some interesting things to say about young players in the pool and uh you know he obviously there's so many u.s fans are dying to see every young player every 19 20 21 year old prospect who's shown something somewhere it's like we got to get these guys in we got to get them called up we got to get them on the gold cup um and, and you're gonna he you know he made a few comments uh, one of the points was that you know people need to take it easy with 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 anointing young players and 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 you know making them out to be better than they are and putting pressure on them to, to have these un- unrealistic expectations. Uh, one of the players whose names came up was Jack McInerney. I actually asked him about that. I asked him, you know, what he thinks when he hears people call Jack McInerney, uh, you know, the American Chicharito. And he said it just makes him smile uh, to hear that. But that, you know, listen, like you, you, you can't uh, throw too much on these young guys too soon. Uh, you can't throw unrealistic expectations on him. Um, I mean, Jack McInerney is 20 years old. Has he had a great run now since uh, you know since he became a regular starter for Philly last summer? Yes, he's absolutely been great. I mean, he's the leading scorer in MLS right now in Week Eight, and he's 20 years old, and that's something that you know that's that's impressive. You, you know, you have to give him credit, and you like what you see. You like you like the development that he you know he he's showing. He's showing quite a bit right now. And uh, it's understandable that U.S. fans, that American fans are excited about the prospects of what he could do. But listen, folks, let's take it easy. Let, let's not uh, let's not go overboard, go too crazy with with this kid. Because you know what he he just he's just now getting used to being a regular starter. I mean, this is still if you want to get technical, this is still his first full season as a starter. If you want to go back to the summer. I mean, if you think about a year ago right now, a year ago right now, he wasn't even playing. A year ago right now, he was still buried. He was still buried on the, uh, you know, the Peter Novak bench. Um, so he's had less than a year to, to really kind of blossom and, and have his opportunity, his moment in the sun. And it, and people already want to throw, look, all right, that's it. He's ready. Let's go. Let's get him. National team. Put him in a qualifier. Uh, it's that's just ridiculous, folks. He's 20. He's 20 years old. He's been starting as a regular less than a year as a pro. Less than a year. And people want to put him in a qualifier? That's ridiculous. That's just, that's that, that's typical overreaction, um, heightened expectations, unrealistic expectations on young players. The Gold Cup's coming up this summer. And you know what? That could be a perfect opportunity for Jack McInerney. If he keeps this up, if he keeps up this scoring rate, if he keeps up, you know, keeps on showing the qualities that he's shown so far this season, you have to like his chances uh, of being on the Gold Cup team, especially when, you know, Jurgen Klinsmann came out and pretty much said that, you know, the Gold Cup team is not going to be filled with European guys who are like lower on the depth chart and who couldn't crack the, uh, the roster for May and June. Uh, you have those five games in May and June. 
There's going to be like a 25-26 player roster in that camp leading up to those two friendlies and three qualifiers. But if you're not a foreign, if you're not an international base player, um, and if you no, if you are a European base player uh, outside of Scandinavia, or if you're in a Mexican league and you don't make that roster for May, the May training camp, and you're not on the roster for these uh the, those five games in May and June then you're you're done you're done for the you're done for the summer you're uh you know you're 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 done because Clemson made it clear he's like you know what if you don't make that squad you're going to go away on vacation and once you're going away on vacation it's just going to be unrealistic to expect you to get back in shape uh in a few weeks and jump into the gold cup and he doesn't want that he wants what well, sounds like he's going to have a team of MLS players and Scandinavian league players, and uh, you know th- there's talent there. I mean, you want to talk about guys like Mix Discarud and Josh Gat, Alejandro Bedoya. I mean, there's going to be players. There are going to be players who you know you who a lot of fans want to see that are going to be on that team. Um, the question is who's going to pull double duty? And uh, Klinsman made it very clear that anyone thinking that why don't we just send the first team? Why don't we just send the full Clint Dempsey, Michael Bradley? Tim Howard, let's send them all to the Gold Cup, win the Gold Cup. Listen, folks, they need a break at some point. And they are, obviously, May and June, you have those important World Cup qualifiers. Remember the World Cup? Yes, that's the thing that the U.S. still has to qualify for. So that's the priority. That's the priority this summer. And, you know, the top Americans, Dempsey's, Bradley's, Tim Howard's, they're going to be focused on those qualifiers. And as soon as they're done with that... They need to go away. They need to take up a full month vacation, at least a month, five weeks maybe, if they can sneak an extra weekend. Because guess what? Once they return from that summer vacation, it is one long march through a league season and then on to the World Cup. So basically there's no sleep till Brazil, if you want to get technical. So you can understand why Hurricane Klinsman has absolutely no desire and no intention of bringing any regulars to the Gold Cup. Um, that being said, there will be you know there will be some players who do double duty, and and I think you know someone like Terrence Boyd, someone like Joe Corona. I mean, I think those are prime examples of guys who I think will make the squad for May and June, but probably aren't going to play that much if at all. Uh, but they'll be in shape. They will be part of that team. Maybe they could get a few weeks off in between the Gold Cup. In between the qualifiers and the Gold Cup. But then I see them being part of that Gold Cup team. Um, that being said, the Gold Cup team is going to have a really good MLS representation on it. Um, I th- I'd say because, you know, just that's what's available. Um, and, and it's going to be a good opportunity for some guys, some younger players, some Jack, like, someone like Jack McInerney, someone like George John, uh, Amobi Akugo, uh, you know, and also some veterans, Kyle Beckerman. Brad Davis. Um, so, you know, it's, I think it could, you know, it's still going to be a pretty good squad. Uh, I think the Gold Cup's obviously wide open. Uh, Mexico is going to be second, sending a second team as well uh, because not only do they have their qualifying in June, they also have the Confederations Cup. So, um, Mexico, the Mexican team in the Gold Cup is going to not be at all anything close to a first team. Doesn't mean they're not going to have talent, folks. I'm going to tell you that right now. Uh, there's still so much young talent in Mexico uh, that they can field a team that that could still run the whole table and can win it all and win the Gold Cup. 
uh, and beat uh, a U.S. B team. Um, but that doesn't make it any less important when you think about the opportunities that some young players are going to have. Someone like McInerney, um, someone like Mix Discrude, who, you know, it sounds like Norway is still trying to sniff around and st- still try to see if there's interest, if they could bring Discrude back. Remember, folks, Discrude is still not cap tied. He still could, if he wants, uh, go to Norway and play for Norway. Um, but, you know, that that's that's what the Gold Cup can do. It can cap tie Discrude. It can give him a chance to showcase himself. That's going to be one to watch. Uh, another player who could, in theory, end up on the Gold Cup team, although it was a little contrary to what we just talked about, is Stuart Holden. Jurgen Klinsmann could not say enough good things about Stuart Holden. Uh, and and he pretty much revealed that he's been following him closely. He's been tracking his progress, and uh, he is a big fan of, of Stuart Holden. So it sounds like they're going to do everything in their power to to you know to have him take some part in some some national team activity this summer. And of course, we have to remember that that he's just only recently getting back into action. So you know. Who knows if he's going to get enough playing time at Bolton now that he's back with Bolton. Will he get games down the stretch? Bolton is obviously in a dogfight. When you talk about places for the you know the promotion playoff in the, in the league championship. <clears throat> so there's no guarantee he's going to get minutes down the stretch. But if he does get minutes, if he does get some more playing time and gets to show what he can do, maybe Jurgen Klinsmann brings him into camp. Maybe he brings him into the May-June camp. Not expecting to play him, but just to keep him fit. And also to bring him into the fold and see how he looks, how he stacks up. And, uh, you know, I I don't know how many people are going to be too upset about that. Especially if he gets time at Bolt in these final months. If he gets that playing time, then you have to say, listen, he got his playing time. Jurgen's a fan. Uh, There's no denying the talent that Stuart Holden has. The question now is, you know, know, how's he going to look after recovering, after so much time away? After these injuries that that sidelined him, how's he going to look? You know, so that I think that's uh, something to watch out for. So we're uh, you know that's it's going to be an interesting summer, folks. That's all I can tell you. Uh, the national te- the whole national team picture is so interesting because there's so much depth. There's so much young talent coming up. I know some people say depth. What are you talking about? We don't have we don't have enough talent. We don't have enough players. But listen, folks, if you think about those March qualifiers, right? You think about, you know, beating Costa Rica, snow, obviously, you know, it's a little crazy. Uh, going down to Mexico and tying Mexico. To do, to get four points from those two games, when you think about all the injuries, all the players missing from the mix, all, all, all the, you know, illnesses slash injuries that, that popped up just before those games. You have to, you have to appreciate the fact that there's been a, a, a new group of guys to step up, a new group of players, some depth has emerged. Um, so I think that's going to, you know, it's going to translate to what should be some good depth in these qualifiers in May, in June. And it's going to translate into the Gold Cup, which I think we're going to see some guys uh, really have a chance to, to, sh- to shine, to blossom in July in the Gold Cup. Now, on to MLS. It's MLS Week 9. And we have a pretty good slate of games. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, one of the reasons I wanted to get this show out was because, you know, we want to talk about the MLS uh, Week 9 matchups and 
you know, it, it shows the chance to kind of really dig into those games and, and, and offer some insight. So we're going to, you know, try to touch on as many of these games as we can. Uh, I don't I don't remember now if I mentioned it at the beginning of the show, but this is obviously not going to be uh, the usual hour-long episode of the SBI show. It's going to be a bit of an abbreviated version, even though it looks like we're already at the 25-minute mark and I've been rambling on about the national team and Jurgen Klinsmann and all the things he said. But bear with me, folks. I'm sure the audio is sounding a little rough and, uh, you know, Maybe we're not flowing like we usually do, but, you know, this is kind of the first foray into the solo hosting of the show. And uh, for some reason, I seem to be fighting a cough or a cold, and I'm sure you can hear that. So uh, I'm doing all right. Don't think I'm struggling or I'm going to pass out or anything. I will say this, uh, doing doing the solo podcast, the solo show, it's not easy. Uh, you know, I listen to the Bill Burr. And uh, for those of you who don't know that is Bill Burr's comedian, he has his own show, he has his own podcast once a week, more than an hour long, and, and I gotta tell you folks, uh, it, it's hilarious, and uh, you know, I just sit there and listen to him, and the guy is so funny, but I gotta give him credit that, you know, he be- he cranks out that show once a week, and it's it's great, it's it's hilarious, but it's it's uh, it's not easy uh, to, you know, to do a show by yourself, and I'm sitting here. I'm starting to miss Garrett cleverly a little bit. Uh, I didn't think I, I didn't think I would. Uh, maybe it's not even him that I miss. Maybe I just miss having someone else to talk, to give me a break every now and then, and actually to produce the show because I, this is this is all kind of new to me. I literally just downloaded this program uh, that I'm using to record the show an hour ago, and and we're just you know we're on the fly. We're we're just making do here, and who knows? Maybe it'll sound good. Maybe it'll. Give us an option to, uh, to to do these shows, and uh, I think I've mentioned it before, but one of the, you know, we've been toying with the idea of going to three shows a week, but obviously uh, things have been hitting a few snags lately, uh, you know, between me and Garrett, we, we, we've got so many other things going on that it's not always easy to get together and coordinate and also try to get guests and coordinate with guests. We, I think we've done a good job getting guests uh, the first few months of the show, well, we've gotten a pretty good who's who of uh of show of guests um like Josie Altador like uh who else who else have we had on the show I'm blanking right now with Brad Guzan Tim Howard Hercules Gomez we've had we've had quite a few guys and we're gonna have more uh as as the weeks especially in the summer uh you know we're gonna be at some of these qualifiers at some of these games the Germany game in DC I'll be there I'll be in Seattle for the Panama game, and uh, you know it's going to be a great summer. So we're we're going to try to bring you some more interviews, some more insights, some more analysis. So uh, let's talk about MLS Week Nine. I'm going to rattle off some games here. I'm not going to rant too long. Uh, we, we are going to try to keep this show relatively brief. So we're going to start off with Real Salt Lake versus the LA Galaxy. For me, th- th- this is one always one of the most most entertaining matchups in the league. And listen. They might not be near each other, but they are still rivals. It's a rivalry because of those great games that they've played through the years. Uh, I mean, there's definitely a respect there. Uh, you can tell, but they, they, there's some, you know, there's some heat there. There's some. It's a rivalry. It's a legit rivalry, and uh, it should be another good game. Uh, I think the Galaxy are obviously coming in with some confidence. I know they've got some injuries allegedly. Landon Donovan, Robbie Keane. There's some question marks. Will they play? Won't they play? Is it Bruce Arena just posturing, playing coy? Uh, Jason Christ seems to think so, but let's just assume for for now. 
that uh, all hands are on deck. Let's just assume that Donovan Keene will be there, Mike McGee will be there, who, you know, everyone that has a knock will be there. Uh, and and let's just talk about the you know real quick the the matchup and I, and I think you know the battle in midfield is going to be great. Um, if you know Beckerman and Morales, if they're there, if they're healthy, you know, seeing how they stack up against Juninho and and, and Marcelo Sarvis and Mike McGee, uh, you know I, th- I think it's I think it's it's going to be the usual a- action packed game. I think there's going to be goals. I think we should see three or four goals. Just because both teams like to go at each other, wide open and wide open attack, and and that's why these games are always so entertaining because you know both teams are really going at each other. I think I'm gonna have to go with uh, the Galaxy if they're healthy. I think if 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 Keen and Donovan are there, I think they win. I think if if for whatever reason they 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 can't play, then you have to give the edge to Salt Lake. I'm gonna go Galaxy. I'm gonna go two to one Galaxy. Let's go to Kansas City now. We have uh, Sporting Kansas City versus the Portland Timbers in the 4-3-3 derby. Uh, you're talking about two teams that like to play uh, 4-3-3, that like to really play the high-press systems. Um, two teams that, you know, I think the matchup is is uh, a soccer diehards fantasy in MLS as far as MLS games go. I think it's going to be a real chess match. Uh, you know, obviously Portland been one of the surprises I think in the league even though yes they've had their share of ties uh in this stretch but uh you know they're a good team their Caleb Porter has has really helped turn things around there but going to Kansas City and beating Sporting Casey in Sporting Park that I think that's a bridge too far I think that's going to be a little tough and especially Kansas City you know they're upset you know they're pissed off uh, about the scheduling and the fact that they had to go to LA after playing in New York, and then you know they they looked like a tired team. They lost to the Galaxy. It, it was a really, really bad performance from them, and, and you kind of almost couldn't blame them just because of the circumstances that they that they were forced into. I think Casey rebounds against Portland. I think they're going to really put it together. You know, I don't <clears throat> I don't know if I necessarily see a blowout, uh, but I think a comfortable win for Sporting KC. I think uh, you know two nil. I think you know at least you know at least one nil, maybe two nil. But I think Sporting KC wins that one, uh, and I think it's pretty comfortable, comfortably. But I do think it's going to be one of those matches you have to watch just because you want to see how those styles match up, how those systems match up. You want to see how Caleb Porter adjusts in the second half, and as we've seen this season, he he makes great adjustments uh, with with his team. So. Uh, that's going to be a chess match that you're going to want to watch. Now on to Chicago-San Jose. Actually, no, I'm sorry, not Chicago. Chivas-USA-San Jose. Um, you, uh, you, you have a Chivas-USA side that, that, you know, the the steam's gone out of that one a bit. You know, they were obviously on a run, and now they've lost two in a row. Uh, their head coach, El Chelis, is losing his head. Uh, he, he obviously, uh, after their loss to Salt Lake, there were, there were some scenes there. Uh, uh, you know, maybe he was going having a go with at, at Javier Morales, and which didn't go over well with the RSL coaches. Uh, he lost school a bit, and and that team's in a bit of a you know, they they're in a, in a in a funny situation right now because they 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 were they were cruising along, then they get a bye week, and they've come out of that bye week and just been flat. They've not, just not looked like the team that 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 impressed us before their bye. Um, and I think Juan Agudelo's injury. 
has been uh hasn't helped them at all. I mean, I think he's he's a key player for them. He's someone who who serves as a kind of focal point uh, target player to help help their their playmakers kind of play off of. And and I think with him injured, I think that's a big loss for them. And uh, I think that's going to cost them against a team like San Jose, who you know yeah ha- they had to, they had to gain a ton of confidence. Uh, after tying Portland, even though it was at home, and you figure home team should want to win and shouldn't be happy with a tie, but listen, to get a point out of that game against the Timbers was very impressive because let's face it, you know San Jose didn't play a great game. They, I mean, they played better than they played the previous week when those two teams met, but they're still not they're still not the same Earthquakes team. They're still obviously the injuries uh, were a big part of of the early struggles, and now you got guys like Beta Shore. Uh, Marvin Chavez working his way back. Both those guys, and you know, clearly they're not uh, in midseason form. They're just not, they're just not making their way back. So that you know, you wonder how long it takes them to do that. Um, and the you know, I I wonder if 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 they can even with those guys coming back, will they be able to duplicate last year's accomplishments? And I know I've said it for a while, and someone pointed it out recently that you know maybe I'm. I'm barking up the wrong tree with 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 the this notion, but I really think you know losing uh, Simon Dawkins hurts them. Um, but it's not just that; it's not just Simon Dawkins. It's, you know, I, I don't know if you can say he was necessarily the leader of the attack. He was a great part of the attack last year, but you know, he's not why they're off to a, somewhat of a disappointing start. Uh, I just think you know what they had a lot of luck. They made their own luck last year, uh, but they had a lot of things go their way, and at a certain point. Uh, you know things cor- things correct themselves. Things balance out. You know if you, if you get a lot of close wins that go your way, or a lot of stoppage time winners and equalizers and balls bouncing where you need them to bounce, at a certain point, those bounces stop, and and then the the, the reality sets in of what kind of team you are. Um, and I mean last year was a dream season for San Jose. You can't take anything away from them. Supporter Shield winners. They were unbelievable in their ability to fight back in games and and to really click as a team. And this year just hasn't quite been there. Obviously, injuries have played a part, but I don't know if it'll ever come back. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if uh, it's realistic to, to look at San Jose as the same team as last year uh, or even close. You know, uh, I think I think this game is an interesting one. This Chivas USA matchup because. You have these two teams that are, you know, still trying to figure it out uh, and still trying to figure out how legitimate a threat they are when we talk about the Western Conference. Uh, so for me, you know what, Chivas USA is at home, but that doesn't really do much for them. I think San Jose maybe is starts to build a little momentum. They've got a few more guys back. Uh, Marvin Chavez came back uh, for them, and obviously Beta Shore came back. So they, they're they're a little closer to being the the usual team. So their usual team from last year. So I have to give the edge to San Jose, even though it's on the road. I think they, I think they find a way to win. Um, in that one, I think, I think Chivas will continue to struggle for a little while until they get Juan Agudelo back. Let's move on to new England against Philadelphia. The union are traveling up North to, uh, take on the revs in their first game at home, uh, since the, you know, the tragedy up, up in the Boston area, in Boston, and uh, you know, it's gonna be interesting to see how what the scene's like there. Uh, is there gonna be a good turnout? Uh, are the Revs gonna be looking to respond from their 
they're they're disappointing uh you know route of a loss to the red bulls are they going to come out uh you know in a feisty mood to really have a go at a young but overachieving and, and and very impressive union side i mean the union let's face it they i mean outside of philly I can't imagine too many folks outside of Philly had the union pegged for a huge, like a, a significant turnaround. And yes, it's still early. They haven't done anything yet. They haven't proven anything yet. But listen, they are playing well. Uh, they, you know, obviously Jack McInerney's on fire. He's 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 uh, looking a little unstoppable these days. But I think people still need to temper expectations. I think uh, you know this this game uh, is it a chance to, to give to be a momentum builder. For the Revs, I mean, I mean, for both teams actually, but I think for the Union, if they can go on the road, and they have gone on the road now, they they've won, they won in Colorado, they won in D.C. So you know, for a young team to start putting together road wins, that's very, that's so vital to to building confidence. Because when you can go to another into another team stadium, and come away with a result, you are really doing something. So, um, you know, I think I think Philly can go up there and win, especially when you think when you consider New England. Uh, probably without AJ Soares, who, who hurt his hamstring last week. Without him, without Kevin Olsen, I think they're they're going to struggle a bit at home. I, I think it'll be an ugly one. I don't think there'll be that many chances, but I do think the Union come out with a with a victory. I think it'll be one zero Union, and uh, I don't know if I'm going to say McInerney scores the goal, but uh, I do think the Union win uh, up in Kansas City. Let us move on to another Western Conference matchup: Vancouver. Versus FC Dallas, and is anyone going to stop FC Dallas? Shella Simon is on a roll. He can do no. His team can do no wrong. They, they're putting it all together. Uh, they're leading the West. They're running away with the West. Can Vancouver stop this train? Can they stop the FC Dallas locomotive in its tracks? Uh, and honestly, I don't think they can. I don't. I really don't. I think they're they're a team that's dealing with some issues. Uh, they're not. They're, you know, they're not a complete. Uh, you know they're not a complete squad right now. They're they're struggling a bit in, in multiple facets. You know, you, you, Kenny Miller's not playing in that game. Um, I, I don't know what's going on with Darren Maddox. Obviously, he's he's kind of been relegated to the bench the last couple of games. Uh, they're they're a team in a bit of a limbo. They haven't you know they started off great, two wins, boom, right out the gates, two wins. You're thinking, oh, this Whitecaps team is legit. They got Nigerio Coker. They you know they're the real deal. And guess what? They're not. They're struggling. Martin Rennie's, uh, you know, dealing with some, some with some disappointing results and and some struggles to create chances. Which you know, I actually thought, if anything, the Whitecaps would be able to create chances. I thought they'd have tons of chances. I thought the, the rookie, the draft picks that they signed, Kakuta Mane, Eric Hurtado. I thought those guys would really adjust well to the pro environment and and be impact players on the uh, on the pro level. And it's still the jury's still out on that one. So. You know, Vancouver's struggling. Long story short, Vancouver's struggling. FC Dallas absolutely is not. Now, FC, now FC Dallas goes on the road after a pretty long, pretty good stretch of home games. They go on the road to Canada. Can they keep it going? Uh, honestly, this I think is is going to be one of those games that can trip up, trip up FC Dallas. Um, you know, I think being away from that comfort zone uh, works to Vancouver's advantage. But you know what? I can't pick against FC Dallas. I can't. I can't. You know, I think I've done it before. I have. I learned my lesson. I think they're playing so well defensively. They're playing well, really well. And, and their goalkeeper, who, yes, he is Peruvian. Uh, uh, full disclosure, yes, I am Peruvian. 
American, so, you know, I'm going to have a, yeah, a special place in my heart for the Peruvian goalkeeper. He's been great. He's been great. Uh, you know, credit to FC Dallas. When they when they parted ways with Kevin Hartman, I thought, you know, what are these guys doing? He, you know, he had a good year last year. Why would you get rid of him? But listen, they've gone, they've turned right around and brought in an outstanding goalkeeper to replace him. So, all credit to FC Dallas on that front. And I think they win. I, I'll give it to them. I think they're going to win on the road. And uh, and and keep it going and and keep their lead uh, in the Western Conference. So th- that that's it for the for the the matchups. Uh, apologies to those of you whose teams I did not preview the game for. Uh, I'm gonna uh, I just you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get to every game. Actually, you know what? I should probably not ignore uh, some you know all these games. So I'm gonna give you quick hitters on the on the games that we didn't touch on. Toronto against New York. Toronto, I feel that they, they've been, you know, surprising, uh, pretty surprising with their, with their results. Uh, they've been getting draws instead of wins, but they're an improved team. And I think the Red Bulls, obviously not having Dax McCarty is a big, big blow for them. He's so important to what they do in the midfield. So I think you got to give Toronto FC uh, the edge and the chance to win the game. Um, then we go to Montreal, uh, the impact play host to the uh, Chicago Fire, who, I for me, Fire have been playing pretty well. These last few weeks, they they won two or three, and then the game they lost, they actually played pretty well. So I think Chicago's starting to really piece it together. Montreal is, uh, you know, they're an interesting one. They they had that amazing start to their season. Uh, they've been, you know, kind of coming slowly back down to earth. Um, but it's gonna be. I think this is gonna be a sneaky good game. I think this Montreal uh, Chicago game, which actually happens to be on NBC Sports Network, is gonna be a good one to watch tomorrow, uh, Saturday afternoon. Uh, I have to give the edge to the impact, though. I think Marco De Vio, uh is, is going to do his thing. I think he's going to get at least one goal. Uh, and I think the Fire are going to struggle to create chances. So I'm going to have to go with Montreal on that one. Uh, we go to Columbus. Columbus, D.C. D.C. United is <laughs> such bad shape. Now Chris Pontius is hurt uh, as if their attack uh, was could be any less dangerous. Now, they, now, now Pontius is hurt. So... Uh, barring a Bill Hamid miracle day, which let's face it, he could, he's definitely capable of doing that. Uh, I think it's safe to say that um, you know DC United going to Columbus and getting points. Uh, I know they they did it back when uh, Rafael scored. Actually, no, they lost that game too. Uh, I stand corrected. I think Columbus gets it done. I think Columbus has been a little bit up, a little bit up and down. I think Iguain hasn't quite gotten off the mark after that that great first game. Uh, he's he's kind of been shackled a bit, but I think this is a game where Iguain steps up and really has a big game. Um, and I think that is, uh, I think that's all. Oh, you know what? We have a, a Sunday game. Houston, Colorado. And Colorado, I don't know who plays for them at this point, because I feel like their entire roster's hurt. I feel like I feel like it's going to be Clint Irwin and then various coaches and front office members for the Rapids, because they are they, their injury list is just ridiculous right now. So, can we honestly expect them to go to Houston, where the Dynamo just set a record for the longest home unbeaten streak in all competitions? Can we honestly expect that Dynamo, Dynamo team to struggle against, uh, you know, against the Colorado team that's, you know, looking very much like a, you know, a lower division team with all the injuries they've got? I can't see it. I can't. I think the Dynamo will cruise in that one. Even with a hampered Brad Davis, I think they find a way. I think Oscar Bonilla Garcia will Bruin get the job done. I'm going to go 2-0 Houston. So 
that is that. And uh, here we are. It's the we're coming up on the 44 minute mark. Uh, yes, I can talk. Um, I have been pausing. I haven't just been talking straight through, just so you know, in case you think I can actually speak this long. Uh, I don't have those kind of filibuster ability uh, capabilities. Sorry, sorry to disappoint you guys. So, uh, you know, it's I think it's almost time to wrap up the show. This is usually the time when, when we finish up the MLS uh, upcoming week talk, we, we wrap things up. But I wanted to touch on a couple of things uh, before I forget. Uh, there was a lot of talk this week about MLS expansion. Uh, I know Don Garber, uh, the commissioner, came out and said we could have an announcement in four to six weeks, which got obviously got people all revved up, all, all uh, you know, crazy about where... Who would have the 20th team? Who's going to be Team 20? And obviously, Orlando is is there is, is is the big is the big buzzword now. You know, they they're the expansion darlings, and, and it seems like it, it's starting to seem more and more uh, likely that Orlando's going to get a team. And, and and no, I haven't heard anything definitive. You just get that sense that they're a more realistic option than I think most, including myself, could have really expected at this point in things. I thought I always thought that. Orlando, if it were ever going to happen, was going to be far off in the distance. It's going to be like Team 23, uh, Team 22, 23, 24 maybe. I just didn't see it being Team 20. Um, I don't think the New York second New York team deal is dead yet. Uh, I wouldn't rule that out just yet. But, you know, uh, at this point, uh, you're just not hearing tons of progress as far as the stadium project or a stadium option for a team in, in proper in New York proper uh I've we've been through it before I know some people who are listening right now are going to be like what another New York team why are they going to have another one the Red Bulls don't fill their stadium this seems ridiculous and I'll say it for the millionth bazillionth time that listen folks that there is such a difference between New Jersey uh in Harrison New Jersey and in Northern Jersey and Queens where uh, a second MLS team could probably wind up playing. I mean, you don't. I mean, it, if you look at it on, if you're not familiar with the area, and you look at it on a map, you think to yourself, "Man, these these things are too close. Like that's not like what? What's the point? Why is there? Gonna, why are you going to put two two teams there? Listen, just because they're close on a map, I, I don't think a, a map does not do justice to how far away Queens is from New Jersey. Uh, in terms of just getting there, and it, 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 it's just not an easy commute. It's not easy to get from New Jersey to Queens, and there's a reason not many people do that, and not many people make that trip. So the reality is that there's tons and tons of soccer fans in Queens and in other boroughs in New York who have never, ever, ever embraced or adopted the Red Bulls because of that fact. Because they're so far away, you can't, you know, you just really couldn't build an allegiance. And I think now. I think uh, you know th- this uh, potential um, New York team. If there is a second New York team, I think would do well. I've said it. I've said it. I've said it. I I, I believe it completely. If they get a stadium, if you put a stadium in Queens and you put a, a competent ownership group in Queens, and I, and I and I gotta believe you, it would be. You would have to think that for the money they're going to spend to get in the league, if there is a second New York team, that they would have some competent owners. If you get some competent people in New York with a second New York team, that team will be will be a hit. Count on it. Believe me when I say it. Doesn't mean New York's going to get Team 20, but I think New York, it's kind of inevitable almost at this point. 
that they're going to get, uh, that there's going to be a second New York team. It's going to happen. I honestly believe it. It's just, may, it just might not be team 20, which always, which seemed like it just seemed inevitable that was going to be the case. But right now it doesn't look to be the case. Uh, I think that is it. I think uh, just, just to wrap up just real quick, uh, you know, I, I've said it a few shows now, but you know, if you've gotten to this point in the show, thank you very much for listening. Uh, you know, I'm sure it doesn't sound quite as good as, as the usual episodes. And I apologize to any of you who were who offended by the fact that this particular show isn't as, as sharp and polished as past as the usual episodes of the SBI show. But, uh, as I, in case you missed it earlier, you know, we, you know, Garrett cleverly, my co-host and the produce, the normal producer of the show, we couldn't coordinate. We couldn't get, get, uh, you know, a schedule together, to have a a show for this, you know, these, this past day or so. So, you know, we just weren't going to have a show. Um, but you know, obviously I thought, you know what, let me try, let me try to put a show together. Let me see what it sounds like. Um, and hopefully, you know, at least if it's not horrible, uh, it'll give people something to listen to. And, uh, hopefully, hopefully it gave, it gave you guys something to listen to. Feel free to rat, feel free to crush me. Feel free to tell me how terrible it is, how awful the audio sounds, because I can tell you I have no idea how the audio really sounds. Uh, once the show's over, I will listen to it, and whether it's good or bad, I'm gonna put it up. I'm gonna put it out because I didn't just spend an hour talking about the week that was and the weekend that is, uh, just for my health. Uh, I'm gonna make you, you know, if you're listening to it, it's basically because I there was no way I wasn't gonna make you listen to it. So I hope you liked it. I hope you enjoy it. And if you did enjoy it, please uh, give us a grade, give us a review on iTunes, uh, and definitely, if you if you like, definitely follow us on Facebook, and also uh, follow us on SoundCloud if you're one of the folks that has uh, has taken to listening to the show on SoundCloud. Uh, if you if you are a, a follower on SoundCloud, you're one of the first people to to actually get the shows as they come in, because uh, we usually up we upload them directly to SoundCloud. So. Uh, uh, keep those things in mind, and uh, you know, thanks once again uh, for everyone for listening. And uh, hopefully, we'll have Garrett back this weekend, and and we, we can you know get back to things, uh, back, get back to normal. Uh, this once again, this is Ivis Galarsep uh, and the SBI Show. Thank you for listening. <laughs>